good? Okay. It's Lemon Juice McGee and the motherfucking hands. Oh, here we are. We're good. We're live yeah, right we're now. Good. I wasn't, wasn't on. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I'm just, just throw us all in the garbage. Dude, What's so, going on, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Listen, pretty good. I'm sorry about the other day. The other day. Well, see, I'm sure people watching this are going to be like, what What happened the other day? Well, you came on the other day, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you told me how you got your name, Lemon oh, Juice McGee. It was, it, was, it was like an hour and a half of maybe... <laughs> Some of uh, some of the best best verbiage that has ever been put to a microphone. I, I think. agree, and I agree, just and I just wasted it. Just gone, wasted. <laughs> mm. But you said let's let's go over that for people that don't know because you said it was going to be an exclusive. So I still want them to have it. Exclusive, okay. So the question is how I got the name Lemon Juice McGee. Yes, Lemon Juice McGee. Uh, it came from an old uh, drunk railroad man. It's uh, simple as that. I used to uh, run a crew where we painted uh, track setting equipment and train cars and stuff. And uh, thanks to uh, 9-11, uh, a lot more security on the railroad tracks. So uh, naturally, whenever you're there, if you're not a railroad employee, they lack railroad employees watching you at all times. So we would do these things on the weekends. So um, for that, these guys who worked the railroad would be getting overtime. So that automatically went generally to the guys with like higher seniority. The older ones, usually the drunker ones. And they would just hang out and watch us work the whole weekend. And uh, this one very inebriated railroad man uh, was giving out hobo names one day to all of us. And I got Lemon Juice McGee. And I used it as an alias a couple of times, and it just stuck and has been with me till now. When was so. that? How many? How long ago was that? Shoot, uh, like say two thousand three, two thousand four. So yeah. it's been a while, almost a twenty while. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So not not quite as long as my actual name, but close. Yeah, close enough. And then you told us about managing wrestling. You said that. You do a lot of that, and you've worked with a lot of big stars and everything. And mm-hmm. now, how did you get into that again? Oh, that was that was the deal. Um, I I had a couple of wrestling podcasts uh, where me and my buddies we would talk about like uh, one podcast was for current like televised professional wrestling, WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, things like that. Where it was mostly it's just reviewing things we watched and just fantasy booking what should happen and all that usual shit you hear from all those guys and then we had another one that was uh independent talent which was all of the indie wrestling in like kentucky tennessee ohio indiana those areas so we go interview guys we go to shows we report on them and uh made a lot of friends through that to mm-hmm. where uh eventually uh my buddy Loverboy brock landers one half of the heartbreakers invited me to be his manager one night um, he was just like, "Hey, man, you come, yeah, yeah, ringside like, with it, me. It would be cool, like come out and be a manager. You should do that. It'd be fun." And I was like, "Yeah, it would be." And then there was that part of me that was like, "Man, I need to know what I'm doing." So it was a ways out from that that night. So, um, I, me being oblivious to how any of this works, uh, a local indie promotion was offering uh, to train people for wrestling, and I was like, "Well, I guess I need to learn how to do it all if I'm going to do any of it, just just in case." Yeah. So I go to wrestling training, uh, in which case uh, I had a rib broken in uh, just mere hours. That, that kind of happens when yeah. when you go into like like I did MMA mm-hmm. before I ever joined the Marine Corps or anything yeah. uh, with a mentor of mine, Steve Coger, and uh, he taught me how to fight and stuff. And and like mm-hmm. there was this real big guy wrestled there, and uh, God, I wish I could remember his name, but he was he's huge and. Uh, he was like, okay, go go fight him. Like, first time mm-hmm. I'd ever, you know, really mm-hmm. fought outside of just getting in fights at high school or whatever. Yeah. And um, 
and he broke my neck pretty much. It's just how it, it's how it always goes. You Fantastic. Know? You just yeah. get thrown into the lion's den, and it, yeah. if it's for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's not. <laughs> I went back a few times just because I like going down there, hanging out, and punching the mats. But yeah, but. I mean, he he could have took me to like UFC and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get into it, man. It just wasn't my cup of tea at the time. Yeah, yeah. Then I end up just signing the contract to Uncle Sam, saying, "Take me away." <laughs> and that that worked out in its <laughs> yeah, own I way. Mean, yeah, it was what so. it was. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I got some more MMA training there. <laughs> That's cool. And then uh, you told us about. Um, uh, you said you'd worked with uh, some big guys, so you starting to get into the wrestling like real heavy, then, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I got to where I was. I've been pretty lucky in the amount of time that I've done it. It's like five years been being a wrestling manager, which which primarily consists of me uh, being linked up usually with guys who aren't the best on the microphone, and I get there, get their point across, do something Weasley, help them cheat, whatever you know, and just add to the mix. Yeah. Um, Super fun, and I've been really lucky in the course of, of the years of doing it to be most of the time in the ring against, like managing against a lot of big guys, because usually my guys like the heel who they're coming in to beat because they're the, the big name everybody comes to pay to see. Um, but it's been fun. I've learned a, a lot from a lot of people. Tracy Smothers uh, sadly recently passed away. I, I managed him a couple of matches like back-to-back. Uh, here at like the Pulaski County Fair and then in, in Irvine, Kentucky, like the next night. I wasn't supposed to, but I was at that show and he was there and he was just like, oh, you're here. Well, you're managing me again. And I was like, okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah. and, but like those two matches, like I had learned more from him in those two matches on as far as like controlling a crowd over more than I had in months and months and months of, of doing uh, doing shows. And it got to where um, up until this last November, I was generally managing people usually up to four nights a week. Usually it was like, it was like Thursday, Friday, or, uh, yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, usually hitting, you know, hitting the road, making so towns, doing wrestling shows. Yeah, yeah. But then whenever we decided to uh, open the cavalcade, it was like one of these things had to. And that was that was back um, in 2019. That was uh, probably around June, July. We were really seriously getting into where we were going to put the store and everything. So from then until November, I kind of ramped down my appearances and stuff to get ready to transition into just running the store. Um, just because it was too much dividing myself up. Now that like the store's open, we have really good staff. We kind of got things going. Just the past few weeks, man, it's just been coming back hot and heavy. But that's just like, I, <laughs> like I'm thankful for it. It's super fun. But like I don't look at it as like, hey, I'm back in it. I get but it. it's definitely one of those like I thought I was out. And they pulled me back in. But like I'm trying to like keep it, keep it measured a little bit. So it's like the. Uh... It's like the show side, like the showtime side of the arena. It's like that kind of what helped you develop the, like your character as Lemon Juice McGee. Oh, by far. I mean, that was the whole reason I, for all of that. I yeah, kind of figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. It was very much. I mean, I used the Lemon Juice McGee name. Um, I, I worked for MTV for several years, writing about toys, and so like I used the name there, and so I was able to to just be sort of uh, the Lemon Juice McGee like full on character is basically this just. He's, he's a moron. He just doesn't know he's a moron. He's b- very self-deprecating humor a lot of the times. Um, and uh, That's me on a daily basis. <laughs> and so it, it's one of those that, like, yeah, I was able to do that in the writing and then whenever, you know, using it in the ring, especially, like, it, it just it's just funnier. It's just, I, would, I would rather I like just it. be a funny, just 
goofy fucking moron than like this serious like oh i'm a you know i'm this badass evil guy who's got these and now granted i've had to do that on occasion be like this serious thing who has these guys and we go in and we just trounce people because sometimes that how it has to be but for the most part i still try to cut a little bit of just stupidity in there as much as i can i mean honestly though isn't that kind of kind of who you are don't you really just enjoy being goofy and fucking silly yeah, and, and I mean a lot, so it, it works out. It's but basically it's the same thing. It's fucking, hey. <laughs> I love it, dude. One thing I like most about it is, like, the first time I've seen your Instagram page, because, like, we met at the uh, Penny Roll podcast premiere. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. that, too, last time. Uh, shout out to Nate yep. and Kyle mm-hmm. and yeah. Darren. And, um, uh, you know, you just, hey, man, I'm Jason. What's up? I'm the comic book store. It's like, hey, I'm Josh. You probably heard my redneck ass on the podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody could forget that. And then uh, then I look you up, and I, I start seeing all this, like, Lemon Juice McGee stuff connected mm-hmm. to your Facebook page. And I'm like, what is this? And that, so I, I found your Instagram page, and I seen all your pictures. And I was like, this is fucking rad. Like, <laughs> like, what is up with this guy? What's up with this character? Yeah, there's a lot of me with... Very little coverage over my groin in a lot it's of those okay, photos. Man. It's fine. It's all right. Instagram hasn't pulled them down. Let it all fucking hang out. You gotta get those likes. That's the way it goes. The fat bottom girls are allowed to do it. You should be able to as well. It's very know? true. <laughs> but but one thing I love the most is the fucking suits. Like the suits are so goddamn elaborate. I love mm-hmm. it. So like your jacket tonight. It's fucking I, I have a very weird like um Amazon recommendation list when I get on there. <laughs> Let's say you do. It's full of full of some oddball stuff. Here's a Batman suit and a, a pumpkin tie. <laughs> yeah, which I have both of those things. So. <laughs> That's another thing. What's that fucking uh, Tom Hanks plays him on Saturday, that Saturday Night Live? Oh, yeah, David Pumpkins. Yeah, David yeah, Pumpkins. Yeah. You had the David Pumpkins suit. Yeah, I love the David yeah. Pumpkins man. That's like one of my favorite Tom Hanks skits on <laughs> SNL. <laughs> of course, they're they're real liberal side media now. It kind of seems like it controls every skit, but you know. Jack comedy. There's some. <laughs> I think sometimes the politics gets inside entertainment too much, and that's really a problem for me because it really steers me away from, like, actually watching, like, you know, produce shit from, like, AAA studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd rather sit and watch YouTube all day because the content's so original. You know yeah. what I mean? That's kind of what I like about is, like, of course, you you've probably found out by now. I'm a big Star Wars fan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing about like the Star Wars community is like the fans are uh, able to just cut loose and create so much. Like, yeah. there's this guy on YouTube. It's it's called a Star Wars Theory is the channel, mm-hmm. and he's a Canadian, and uh, he created this like mini series, and it's called Vader, and like it came out right after uh, the Force Awakens, I think. And it was, like, ten times better than what Disney could have made. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, this short 15 minutes, you know, and made by this one dude and a small budget. But he was such a fan of the content and, like, the story that, you know, made it all just so much better because everything connected better, Yeah, you know. And I'd rather watch shit like that any day than go pay, you know, six, seven eight dollars to watch something i don't want or versus sixty dollars you know to pay for cable that i don't even watch nothing on it's true you know yeah that's another thing i like about like netflix and stuff is like a lot of their shit's like really good like uh there uh, you watch any netflix i watch 
A lot of things. <laughs> I have way too many streaming services mm. currently, as it is. Same. I think I got them all. What's that one movie, Mike? Um, that one you had me and Brianna watch. Debbie Does Dallas. My Octopus Teacher. My Octopus Teacher. Yes. It sounds about the same. It's fucking awesome. This dude makes like this. He goes every day for a year making this connection, like this real friendly connection with this fucking octopus. Mm-hmm. And like starts studying them and he films them like every day. And, like, the shark comes off, up and, like, bites its little limb off, and it goes into hiding in its den and, like, regenerates its health and grows its limb back perfectly and shit. And, like, finds out all these things about octopuses, like how they can, like, change their pigmentation of their skin and camouflage and stuff. And, and they can, like, make horns and stuff all over their body and everything or make themselves smooth. He finds out all these interesting things, but what he really finds is, like, this deep, intimate connection with this octopus. Does he fuck that octopus? Probably. That's kind of, I was kind of thinking that That's too. where I thought this movie yeah, was going. He de- <laughs> it's not tentacle hentai. I mean, I'm going to watch it it's now. It's right there beside it. <laughs> it's really good, actually. It makes this really deep, meaning connection with this thing. And they're kind And then there's another one. It's called uh, The Devil Within. Have you seen that one? It's got mm-hmm. Tom Holland in it. Yep. That's a fucking good That's a good movie. movie. Yeah, they got some good writers over there at Netflix. The devil all the time. Is that it? The Devil All the Time? Let me misquote everything. I'm, I'm a pro <laughs> at that. And yeah, it's just, you know, I'd rather watch stuff like that than pay. six. I'd rather pay $60 in streaming services and get everything I want versus... Well, that's what they're for. that's what they're betting on that you'll do. That's yeah. why there's so many streaming services now. Oh yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's also, the plan. <laughs> it's, all, it's all part of the plan. That's that's also why like YouTube though is because like it's free unless you want to pay the premium, mm. and and you get like like I watched this guy. His name's the weirded but uh, the wooded beardsman. Mm-hmm. He's Canadian, and what got me interested in him was when I was building this cabin. Uh, I was just looking at like cheap ways to build a cabin, like yeah. out of raw lumber and stuff, and and that's what he was doing at the time. And, you know, subscribed to him and basically built my cabin at the same time he did. So got to share some good info, you know, and nice. thoughts. And like, that's why I like like open creator content, kind of like, you know, and basically what you're doing with like your comic store is like, hey, come in, play my games, you know, read a couple comic books, maybe take one home with you. Like, mm. Buy the comics and read them, yes. You, you don't read them in the store. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody gets a flip through, right? Yeah, you get a flip through. You get a flip through. Hmm. I get it. It's not Ferris Bueller's they're, Day. They're only, they're only, they're only 28 pages. It's yeah. like you, you can... True. Yeah. Is that most comic books? Like mm. Around 20, 30 pages? Yeah, about 28 pages. Yeah. yeah. I got one over there. It's called The Human Torch. It's really old. Mm-hmm. Or it looks really old. But it's like dotted comics. Like all yeah. the color and it's dotted. Mm-hmm. And it's... I don't know. It seems old. Well, the Human Torch series. I mean, the original Human Torch was pre. Uh, he actually existed pre Marvel Comics. No shit. And then and then Marvel. Uh, he was like pulled in with the Marvel stuff when they first launched Captain America. Same way, like those were all previously owned by Timely Comics, and then uh, Marvel bought them out, created Marvel as an umbrella, and then Stanley and Jack Kirby just started like pop, 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 pop. Here's you know everybody else. So so. so- Stanley didn't come up with like the Fantastic Four and shit. He came with the Fantastic Four. Oh, just but the, the Human, Human Torch. Torch 
different character. There's a human torch in the Fantastic Four. That's Johnny Storm. He's the second human yeah. torch. The first human torch from that book, he's an android. He's an android that's created as a, uh, like, hey, here's, here's a, a boost to humanity. Here's this android. These guys are going to be able, this android's the first, like, AI construct in existence, and he's going to help bring humanity in the future. The problem is, is that whenever he, his body touched oxygen, boom, it went up in flame immediately. No so anytime shit. he's in oxygen, he's on fire, so he's the human torch, but he's actually an android. Holy fuck, I yep. didn't know that. Yep. So what's he do to not be on fire all the time? Uh, he's got to be like in like a vacuum. Really? Yeah. So yeah. space? Yeah, or like a, like a glass sealed, you know, room. some yeah. some comic gimmick that no, they do. No oxygen yeah. room. And he, had a, he has a, uh, a sidekick named Toro, who's like a smaller version of him that lights sights on fire. And it was him, uh, Submariner, Cap, uh, Bucky... Um, so, so there's yeah, some a couple others. They were all like the original like defenders. Basically, they were like the, hey, we're gonna go take on the Nazis in World War Two. So and that's basically kind of what it was created for. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then then once Marvel uh, bought out Timely, they started doing stuff. Then they, of course they brought Ca- Captain America was in ice and was revived and with the Avengers and Submariners, the first mutinies, doing all this stuff. And like yeah, so like there's a few of those characters they didn't create. So you just yeah. you just I guess that's kind of a thing like when you're you're into like sci-fi and comics a lot is you know all that the back history oh i just uh, absorb it all kind of was you always Uh, into it when you was younger yeah yeah to a point i mean it was one of those like when i was real little um of course in somerset i mean there was no like comic shops or anything like that initially like when i was little and uh so a lot of it uh like bookland was there and they had a rack of books but like that was when comics were uh I think like a dollar cover price. Now they're like three ninety nine minimum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, older books are like twenty five cent, fifty cent, accessory, and which is usually how you you judge how old a book is. So like a twelve cent issue to t- like ten cents golden age, twelve cent to like fifteen cent is like silver age, and then it's bronze and on up. So, um, so like when I, I would get these older books because my aunt would take me to yard sales. And, of course, people would have these boxes of old books. You know, they'd have, like, you know, they'd be 10 cents a piece or a box for $5 or whatever. So I would get all these comics and just read through them voraciously of these characters I knew nothing about. You know, because also it was one of the things I grew up mostly uh, where we lived. I didn't have a lot of kids my age to hang out with. So, like, so, a lot of it was action figures and comics and me, like, just doing my own stuff. And when I went to school, when I went to school, of course, I played with all the kids. But, like, at home, a lot of it was me building all my own stuff. So I would read these comics and see these characters. And, like, one of my first experiences is this issue of Uncanny X-Men where uh, it's from the early 80s. And the X-Men are uh, – they go to the Hellfire Club because Jean Grey – it's whenever she's starting to become evil like the Dark Phoenix. And so the Hellfire Club get her to be their black queen. So – the X-Men go in to bust her out. So they go into this mansion, and Wolverine, there's this guy, this big, huge, fat guy, and his whole his power is basically he makes gravity just, like, expands upon it. Yeah. So he just puts it all onto Wolverine, and then it just shows Wolverine just getting blasted through all of these different levels of the mansion down to the store, and you don't see him again, right? Damn. And then the rest of the X-Men are fighting the whole issue, and they're just getting their asses whipped. Well, one, this comic didn't have a cover on it. Like, it was just in this box, and I'm just reading it. I'm just like, this is so cool. And... <laughs> The very last page is just, it was just like burned into my brain. And it's just this guy, and he's out of the sewers, and he's got these three claws popped out of his hands. And he just says, okay, now it's my turn. And then that was the end of the issue. And it was just the coolest fucking thing that, like, I'd ever seen. That's fucking And so, like, from then on, it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And I found out, like, this is Wolverine is who this is. And it's just, it just turns out that, like, even without knowing, 
He is just a badass. And so, um, a couple of years ago for Christmas, uh, Delaney, uh, my partner, she got me, uh, this framed print of that. Like she tracked it down and got a frame print of that last page of that book no shit. with him on it. Yeah. It's awesome. Dude, awesome present, man. Yeah. She's awesome. great. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I think I kind of had the same, like the like a real similar thing happened to me cause I was a farm boy, mm-hmm. and, you know, I didn't have nobody around me either. Growing up, so it was basically just me and my imagination in the woods. Yeah, and and the first like thing sci-fi I got into real big because when I was younger I was into like you know Toy Story, Woody and stuff. Yeah, you know, and and like the Disney thing, and then it was just straight up like bull riding. Like Eight Seconds was my favorite movie from the time I was like four years old till the time I think I was like eleven. Yeah, it's like my world, like bull riding, rodeo, everything. I mm-hmm. consumed it all. We had horses, so I rode horses pretty much every damn day. And just grew up like that. And then my first real like experience with sci-fi, because um, I never even watched it on TV. Like I would see like the cartoons, like kind of anime-style cartoons and stuff on Cartoon Network and stuff. Mm-hmm. I never was into them. I just didn't get it, you know, or anything like that in general. And uh, I watched, you know, Tom and Jerry, Looney Tunes, stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, then my dad takes me to this, this garage sale. And it's this old lady, and uh, I'm, like, looking through all her stuff, just looking for toys and, you know, stuff. And I find this this golden case of VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, that's weird. Why is that gold? And I pull it out, and there's this face on the side. And I'm, like, Star Wars. What is Star Wars? Never heard of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Never really paid attention to it. And I was, like, Dad, can I get this? It's eight bucks. It was the golden collection of George Lucas, you know, remastered yeah, VHS yeah. tapes. And, uh, so he's like, yeah, you can get it. So I take it home and I put a new hope in because I didn't know the order of them then. I just seen where it said four five and six on the boxes. So I put a new hope in and it was the first time I'd ever really been introduced into sci-fi and I mm-hmm. watched a space opera for the first time. In my life. Hey man, episode four is how most people were introduced to space operas back in the seventies when it came out. <laughs> Bro, that was the first one anybody got to see. Like that's what blew everybody's minds from the get go. That's like, yeah. what I like. I was born in 94, you know, so I wasn't born back in the seventies. I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't get to see it then, but that's what really got me as a star Wars fan later on in life is like, Oh, I seen it the original way you should see it. I seen four five and six before I ever seen one, two and three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got to see three of the drive-in, you know, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. But uh, but it was the first time I'd ever been like engaged in a sci-fi fantasy show, and and I was obsessed. Like like I was playing as like Luke Skywalker out in the fields. I take a stick and you know mm-hmm. use force powers and stuff. And I got so nerded out, like obsessed with it. I had like one of those little notebook journals, like one that about that big, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wrote every single fucking piece of dialogue down from A New Hope in that thing, <laughs> oh, from yeah. beginning to end. <laughs> yeah, from the boarding party mm-hmm. at the very beginning, where Princess Leia gives R two the disc, to the very end of the movie when they're you know putting the metal on Chewie. Yeah, like every single piece of dialogue. That's how obsessed I was with it. And that was it. And then on, I was just like, Spider-Man, you know, Batman, everything, dude. Like, I really got into Spider-Man really hardcore, too. Yeah. Spidey, that punk-ass kid, like I told you last time, it just gets me. Yeah. It's, there's something about that fighting little kid spirit in all of us. Spidey just touches home. And yeah. I think, really, when it comes to the cinema side of it, I think Tom Holland does the best job of representing the Spider-Man that I love. Mm-hmm. You know, that punk kid from Brooklyn. Yeah. And... and 
but when it comes to the comic side, the Ultimate series is my favorite. Yeah. Because it's so grim. It's like a lot more dark, and I like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I always have, a, you know, the the kick them in the face, uh, save the day. I get that. That's natural superhero. But I always like that, like, hey, Spider-Man, you just got your ass handed to you. Go mm-hmm. home, think about it for a few days, you know? You might hide your identity. Like, I, I, that's more realistic to me. So that's what I tend to, you know, nature to, is like the dark side of things. Mm-hmm. So, like, the new, like, Marvel movies with Infinity War stuff, I... And, you know, it's sad, but I thought it was cool as shit that Iron Man, you know, the genius Tony Stark died in those movies. Of course, that kind of ties into the Ultimate series, mm-hmm. which, if I'm, I think I'm right. I think that is Ultimate. Is it Ultimate that Iron Man gets killed off? Uh, I mean, probably. That's That universe is done, so I don't know. Oh, it's uh, over with? Yeah, yeah. They pulled Miles into the regular 616, so he's the only character that, like, made him money. So, <laughs> um, they're supposed to be bringing the Ultimate Universe back soon. That's kind of the rumor. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as that goes, like, uh, uh, the evil Mr. Fantastic is is around from the Ultimate Universe. He's been in the Venom books. Um, Miles Morales is the big hit wonder, you know, out of the, out of the Ultimate Universe, uh, where he showed up after, after Peter got killed. And then... Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like those, shit. <laughs> so, but supposedly they're bringing them back. Yeah. I hope so, man. Yeah. I want that one series you was telling me about. That new one. What is it? What, you you said it's a new Spider-Man series. You was telling me something know. about it at the bar last time. I don't know. I say a lot of things about comics. It's tough to sell, yeah. But yeah. Th- there's a couple really good stuff out right now. Uh, King and Black's awesome. It's just started. Issue 2 hit this last week, and it's the big uh, overarching story where Null, the god of the... He's, he's basically the god of the void, the god of darkness. Uh, he's the creator of the symbiotes. He has uh, come to Earth and is just wrecked house. Like, almost all the heroes are taken over by him. Um, Eddie Brock just died. Um, his son's freaking out like Venom just doesn't exist right now like uh, he sucked the Venom symbiote into himself because he created the symbiotes like it's it's a whole it's just the Marvel Universe is just full of blackness right now and that's that's King in Black it's really cool um, there's just a lot of really good stuff right now there, there was a Spider-Man series that just ended a miniseries by J.J. Uh, Abrams and his son they did one so it's um, it was kind of its own story and it takes place in uh, you know kind of an alternate possible future <laughs> Where uh, Peter has a son named Ben. He's like, I don't know, 13 or 14. Oh, he named him Ben. And uh, <laughs> uh, Mary Jane is dead. Peter's, yeah, that's the one you tell me yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. P- Peter's missing his arm. Um, it all happened at the same time. And like, so he, he quit being Spider Man and now he's just like a photojournalist around the world. And he's just, you know, and Ben's at home with Aunt May and he finds Peter's Spider Man suit up in the attic. And he's born with the power. And, well, he's not born with them, but they start to kick it. Much like a mutant, they start to, like, come in as he's hitting puberty. And so, like, as he's learning to use them and he starts sneaking to be Spider-Man, he gets in over his head, like, pretty quick. But it brings, like, Peter back into the fray and Mary Jane comes back in a way and then Peter gets to, like, redeem himself. So it sets up this new... It's this is alternate future timeline, but it's pretty cool, and they can go back and use it if they want to or whatever. That but, is badass. Uh, the art's great in it, and um, the story's like, really good. It just took a long time. It's like five issues, and it took like a year and a half to come out because really? I imagine because he's making a bunch of movies. Yeah. So yeah, JJ Abrams, <laughs> <in there. laughs> you know, and then COVID hit. So like, there are a lot of things slowing that book down. I get it, but, but uh, it's, yeah. it's all five are out. now. All five are out now. Yeah, they'll be collecting it in a graphic novel soon. But like, I think we have like all the issues at the shop. I want them. Or good. It's good. It's just called Spider-Man. 
Damn, I want him. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I like J.J. Abrams. I like his movies. Mm-hmm. He did a really good job with Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never really cared much for Star Trek. I mean, I'd seen some, but I didn't really care for it. But his, his you know, I dug those. Yeah. Which, I mean, it could be because they were more action-y like Star Wars, oh, and maybe that's on me, but, uh, uh, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> we won't talk about that. I, but you know what? If it comes to Star Trek, my favorite <laughs> show of all time is Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Riker, you know. I watched. I remember watching um, Deep Space Nine a lot. Deep Space Nine was and good. And it seemed like it, it came so on dark. weird, like late at night. Yeah. Like maybe it was syndicated. It would come on late. And I remember staying up and like I would watch it in between like other weird shit. <laughs> but. Yeah, Deep Space Nine was the dark one. It was like the darkest one of all. I remember when they were in a, they were in a bar a lot in that. Yeah, and probably. So. If you were in deep space, I think you'd probably be drinking a lot too. That's true. I'd probably drink a lot. Not in deep space. It's fine. I think the I think deep space nine that station was the farthest towards like the Klingon line. Yeah. Like uh, neutral space. I mean, I, I don't know enough to know. I'm just yeah. She's never been a super Star Trek dude. Oh, you know the the person that got me into like Star Trek and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shout out to one of my favorite teachers of all time, Mister mm-hmm. Mayfield. Richard Mayfield. Yes. Richard May, I, I, he's, he's a very good customer. I love him. He was in the shop. I stopped in today. He was in there today. Yeah. I brought, us, brought us a Christmas card. Did he really? Yeah. yeah, that sounds like Mayfield. I always see him walking his cat downtown. Yeah. Wave at him. <laughs> he always waves back. But he's the one that got me into RPGs. I took RPG class, yeah. like club in yeah. high school, you know. And, and he would shove us up dragon asses and stuff. And mm-hmm. It's all good. It's just part of the fun. Hey. <laughs> That's Mayfield for you, though. That's you the way he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> That's right. He shoves children up dragons' asses <laughs> during school. So now we're gonna get. He's retired now. It's fine. He's retired. It's fine. It's fine. He's not gonna watch. He's not gonna watch this. It's okay. I don't know. I might have him on next week. Might catch him downtown. Mayfield, I got a secret. Dive. He's got fifty-two sides. I know. I know. I love him. But he was the one that made me watch the Twilight Zone yeah. and, you know, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And I still love Doctor Who because I watched them from episode one, season one, all the way up until the newest one. Oh, you know? yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of watching. It was every day. Every yeah. day we watched a new Doctor Who uh, show. And then we would skip to the next season. You'd have to write a paragraph on what happened to the Doctor in that episode. It's cool how he didn't... Uh teach anyone anything he taught us everything (laughs) he taught me so much about life is to not give a shit about what anybody thinks about you do what makes you happy (laughs) and now he is that guy yeah and he is that guy that does not give a shit no he's gonna do what he's gonna do however he does it he doesn't care what anybody says about it he's got it mayfield's always good tenure (laughs) care at all but the weeping angels they still give me nightmares yeah yeah yeah, they, I hate them. But, and then, uh, so, let's see. The last thing we touched on, which got really fucking weird real quick, which I like. Uh-huh. So, I think we talked about simulation theory. Mm. And, and, and you going into. Yeah, you David and, Icke and simulation theory, yes. yeah. And, and you going into a tunnel and a bat screaming at you. Oh, yeah, I think that, Wait, I don't think that was even on, I don't think we talked about that while we were recording. I think we, that was just a post-talk. Was it a post-talk. You want to talk Would about you that tell? now? You want to yeah. talk about that now? I like that story. All right. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, between between the wrestling and the uh, the comic shop and, 
just functioning as a human, uh, we try to get up to, to creepy, weird adventures, uh, Delaney and myself. Uh, we spent a lot of time doing that for her birthday last year. We uh, went to Point Pleasant, spent the weekend, um, you know, and, and we're, we're always, always doing, on Halloween, we, we spent the night in a haunted uh, schoolhouse out in eastern Kentucky, which, I mean, it, it may be or it may not be. It was not proven to us, but <laughs> I'm open to all of it. I'm open to everything because it makes everything more fun. Me too. Yeah. If you just, be- I would rather believe in everything than than just believe in nothing and everything be boring because it's just like, well, shit, man. If, if there's nothing else weird around, then you better start making it weird because, yeah, uh, what's the use then? I'm fucking for real. Yeah. So <laughs> we uh for last last Christmas we were actually talking about today last Christmas Eve, so almost a year ago. Um, in Burnside, there are these two uh, no longer used train tunnels, and you have to drive out by this house with a bunch of chicken coops, and you go out this little road, and boom, there's these two train tunnels. But they're back to back, so like, there's a train tunnel. There's probably maybe two or three hundred yards, and there's another train tunnel, and they skirt around the lake, so you can see the lake off to your right the whole time. Yeah, very cool. Um, so we drove down there. Um, we had our stuff, and we've got, you know, um, EMF detectors and voice recorders and just random odds and ends that, you know, we use when we go, you know, to weird spooky yeah. spots. Just you know, just, look, just cool stuff, things you see on the television. It's fine. So <laughs> we, we go through the tunnel, and most of it's too, because we also like hiking and exploring and doing stuff. So, you know, a train tunnel, perfect. Plus, it's very rough-hewn. You know, they're very old and unused. So um, the tracks are there, but, you know, you go in, and, of course, it's... I mean, dark, fast, and I mean, they're really long, and they're curved, so, like, you can't see the end of it from, you know, one end. You can't see through completely. You have to go into it midway before you can see out the other side. So, you know, super spooky, super dark. We like it. So uh, we go in, and, um, you know, we're walking through. We have the MF detectors out. We're just kind of looking around, hanging out, just enjoying walking through the tunnel, looking at everything with the flashlights. Um, no real readings or anything, nothing going on. So I put we put ours up. Um we get out of the first tunnel, you know, daylight comes in, we walk through, just super nice walk through the woods, into the next tunnel, we go through that tunnel. That tunnel's even more, like, rough-hewn and, and unused and dark and drippy and creepy. Um, get the MF detectors out again, nothing, just, you know, nothing going on. Completely fine, completely cool. It's still a cool tunnel. Whenever you get out the end of that second tunnel, it's a, a drop-off to the lake where I guess there were a bridge there at one time yeah. or whatever. So it's just really cool. We hung out there for a little bit, took some photos. Um... And then we go back through. As we go back through, Delaney's like, well, I'm going to, you know, use my EMF detector again. I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'm not going to worry about it. I don't think there's anything. So we go through that first one, nothing. We go back through the, you know, the wooded area again. You know, we're getting back. Of course, the sun's getting lower. You know, it's it's Christmas Eve. Um, we get in back into the first tunnel on the way back. And um, before we got out of that tunnel the first time, using the flashlight, we noticed a little something on the wall. And so we look at it, and it was a bat. Like a small, I'm talking like, uh, let's say four-inch bat. And it's it's curled up, hanging upside down, dead as hell. Like, we didn't want to disturb it, but we're like, how, this thing, is it breathing? And we just, like, kept getting closer and looking. Like, it, it just, it was dead. It was, like, petrified. Yeah, it was though, just hanging right? there, like, yeah. petrified. Yeah, it wasn't, like, rotted or anything. It was there. Fur was there. It was just, I'm assuming the coolness of the cave and everything has just kept it preserved. So we saw it. It was cool. It was a tiny little bat. Okay, so we see it again whenever we're coming back into that tunnel. You know, basically in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to leave here. We're going to get some food, go to the house, whatever. So we're walking through the tunnel. You know, we get about midway through to where you can't see either entrance or exit, and it's super dark. Turn the flashlight off, you know, get out the EMF, get the voice recorder. 
you know, give it a shot, you know, ask some questions, see if anything, nothing. I mean, it's just nothing. You know, and I mean, that happens. It happens more times than not. Yeah. You get nothing. Yeah, I get it. Um, you know, TV, they edit stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, they, they make it to where there's stuff. But <laughs> they like, edit it, there's a lot of time where there's nothing. So, we, we you know, it's fine. It's still a fun day, you know. So, um, you know, I put everything up. She still has her EMF detector. And, like, we're – so we're leaving to go out the tunnel. So we're leaving to go out of the tunnel. And, um, you know, she's talking and she's like, okay, like, you know, like, if somebody's here, like, this is your last chance to, like, you know, talk to us. We're going to be leaving, you know, and all this. And then all of a sudden about that time, like, her EMF detector goes from, like, nothing to, like, boom, like, all the way to red. Just all the way up, stays, and then drops back down. Did you freak out at first about it? Well, she she was very excited. Yeah. And I didn't see it, so then I was like, what? You know, so I'm just <laughs> like, okay, let's, let's, let's see it happen again. Yeah, because, I mean, there's no... And, and the tunnel, I, there's always that part of me where it's like, okay, there's probably electric lines above us. There's stuff. But, one, the tunnel's so huge and so much rock that, like, it would be hard for that to spike it anyway and also randomly doing it. But also it's like, hey, if it's, you know, phones sometimes or anything. So, like, you know, we made sure to, like, go all around the phones and all that stuff. Nothing setting it off. So she keeps talking and, you know, and she's asking, the you know, is somebody here and, you know, all this. And, like, every time that she is getting ready to leave and we're going to go, that's when she'll ask something that'll spike. And then she'll like, it's kind of the thing you do. Like you get excited. So then you're like, Oh, I'm going to move back to this area to see if it'll spike again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would do that. And then she would talk about getting ready to leave and then it would spike. And so she would move back again. So like whether it was a thing, benevolent, not whatever it was, it was consistent. It was consistently yeah. also Getting her to go back farther into the tunnel, <laughs> well, you're like, which seems that. like a horrible plan, right? <laughs> so I'm, so I'm just like, okay, like, well, you know, we, we, you know, we know what this is, and because, like I say, like I'm open, I'm open to the existence of everything, whether it be interdimensional beings, whether it be aliens, Agreed. whether it be demons, ghosts, I don't care. Agreed. I'm down for all of it. Let me see some of it. Same. I'm super thirsty. We yeah. for all of it. I'm a whore for it. So, <laughs> so we're doing that. So you know, and this goes on for a while until finally it kind of stops. So, I mean, this is probably it's probably a good 15 to 20 minutes of, like, what would be deemed as intelligent responses on the EMF to that. Now, we did voice record at the same time, too. Nothing really came from that. that. But the EMF was, I mean, visually, you know, yeah. it was popping pretty good. So, I'm finally, I'm like, okay, let's just go because there's always that. Well, you know, if, not, like, provoking, but just making the statement we're getting out of here and getting to start walking, see if it does it again, right? So, we're legitimately going. We're probably... Um, Let's say we're probably 40 foot or so from the entrance of the cave. My Jeep is outside the cave parked. I can't really see it, but I'm thinking it's pretty close, you know. But, um, you know, because you've got to kind of go around to see. How long had you been in the cave, like walking back and forth at that time? Oh, uh, it had been a while. We had probably been in that cave from coming back into it on our way back to stopping to doing all that. It had probably been a good 45 minutes or so. Hmm. And so... We're getting ready to leave, and um, we get towards the mouth of the cave, and this massive, echoey hiss from the direction of the front of the cave just blasts us in the face. I mean, I just, not like I'm mistaking it, I instantly ran towards it, not because I was like, ooh, this is something... I thought the tire on my Jeep had burst. It was so... Yes, but like... And then constant, Damn. like his, like a frequency yeah, and like loud. So 
I, I go up, and then as I get closer to the mouth of the cave, I see my Jeep is parked far, way farther up than I, I see, remembered parking. So it wasn't that. <laughs> so then it becomes, and of course, there's that in the back of your mind. It's like, oh, was that something? But then there's yes. that part where I'm like, okay, what's around the mouth of this cave that burst or that made this noise? So then it becomes looking around all these rocks. Because, I mean, the, people go there. Like, there's, there's graffiti everywhere, which also is one of those things, too, where there's graffiti. And, yes. and you know, it's pentagrams and bullshit everywhere. Yeah. But it's also like... <laughs> How many times can random teens um, get up to no good and randomly paint sigils and shit on a wall before, before a something could happen? Yeah, yeah. or an, or that. enough stories get told that something manifest. You know, symbolism it, it, is it, one it, of the it, strongest it, forms of magic. Yeah, it's all of that. So, you know, there's all that possibility. But I'm looking like for for like uh, spray cans or anything that could have burst and caused that. Like, there's nothing there. Then I'm like. There was a bat back there at the cave. Let's look around for bats and stuff. Nothing around. No animals to make the hiss. None of that stuff. So it was just really weird. The MF didn't go off again. And so then we just went back home. It was just a weird experience to have and then leave, right? So she's telling her mom about it like a day or two later. And her mom comes back and she's like, I think it was a bat hissing. And Delaney's like, yeah. And then like she sent these links like YouTube videos. And Delaney's looking them up. It's the exact sound we heard. However, unless there was a bat in broad daylight that was like the predator with super camouflage, the only bat that existed that day in that cave was tiny and dead at the other end. I sure it was dead. It was completely dead, trust me. Hmm. And so, um, super weird, man. That is weird. It's just one of those things that, like, can't say what it was, but I can't explain it. Have you... What if, what if you, like, stepped on the landmine to the Batcave? I mean, that could be. Assuming, <laughs> assuming, assuming Batman's in southeastern Kentucky. <laughs> I guarantee uh, it. Just, the fucking just, <laughs> if he did, there'd be a lot less meth labs here. So. That's, <laughs> why that's why they blow up. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, exactly. Mike said, that's why they blow up. That's mm-hmm. totally it. No, I get it. But it was weird, man. There is always weird shit. But weird shit. one thing is, like, I found out, you know, over the past couple of years, we was talking about this the other night, too, is, like, mm-hmm. like, there's been a lot of strange shit lately, like a lot of, a lot of strange happenings, mm-hmm. and and like more things just keep piling on it, you know, like a pyramid. Yeah, and is some of it because people now, thanks to Hellier and Penny Royal, and just being in that mindset, are uh, discovering more things well, and bringing more stuff to light, or are more people just thinking about it more that it's now just manifesting into existence. Well, I'm a, I'm I'm 100% into manifest theory like. Yeah. I, I think if enough people around the globe or enough people in a community or wherever concentrate and focus on one certain type of thing it becomes. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it works. I was telling you about that the other night with yeah. like sci-fi and stuff in the 50s. It's like, oh, aliens in the comic books and invaders from Mars, you know, and now we're seeing UFOs released by F18, you know, FLIR cams and shit, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and and I believe all that. I believe that's like, if it was a simulation, I think that's yeah. how it worked. Like, it's, it's definitely, however it is, those are unidentified things that they can't explain that they have on camera. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I want to see all of it. Yeah. I want to see every bit of it. I do too, man. Like, yeah. take me now. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see everything. Let me be greeted. Yeah. Tell <laughs> me know? about all this shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not into the probing, but I, I'll take a handshake and like a stiff dream. Hey, have you ever been probed on Alien? No. Then you don't know you're not into it. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, okay, so coming off of that, Mike was talking about something the other day. Mm -hmm. Like literally, like right after you left. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, he was talking about like the hollow earth theory, right? Mm-hmm. And and do you, do you believe in hollow earth at all? I mean, I know there are caves. Do I believe the entire earth is hollow? No, just like I don't believe the entire earth is flat. I get it. But can there be miles and miles of deep caverns and areas and pockets under us that we aren't aware of? 100%. I feel like it's just proven true by Mammoth Cave's existence. Agreed. Like, and under the ocean, who knows what caves are under there? Well, you know? I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but... Yep. Uh, I also said it in the beginning of the Pinnerol podcast, but I'll explain on it a little mm-hmm. bit. The Appalachian Mountain Range is the oldest in the world after the formation of Pangaea. Mm-hmm. See, before Pangaea, there were two great continents, and they were connected by a land bridge. And when the first tectonic plates started to collide, when they started to smush together, they formed the Appalachian Mountain Range. And they were actually taller than the Himalayas. Mm. But because they're so old, that's why their elevation isn't over like four or 5,000 feet. Hmm. You understand? Yeah, yeah. So, after all the years of erosion and runoff, glaciers and asteroidal impacts, nuclear winter, have it what you will, mm-hmm. limestone is, you know, more softer type of sediment. Yeah. And so... After nuclear winters and, you know, asteroid impacts and volcanic eruptions and shit, you have acid rains from so much, you know, acid from molten lava and shit in the atmosphere. And that stuff penetrates through limestone and creates huge caverns, kind of like Mammoth Cave. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how all the caves in this area were created by were by acid rainfall. And, you know, slow erosion over millions of years. And so... You know, you go deeper than that. There's surely bigger ones, right? Mm-hmm. Or does the pressure from gravity get too intense? Or is there like a magnetic field that's like pulling towards the iron core inside the Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of has a reverberating force. So like dense, 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 denser, denser, denser pressure, and then it's like, oh, well, you know, here's a little softness, and then right underneath that softness, like, the mantle's rolling, right? Mm-hmm. And then inside that, it's like this hard, real dense course of iron and shit pulling against each other, creating all these type of, you know, vibrations and shit within mm-hmm. the Earth. Or, you know, we don't know that. We don't actually know what the inside of the Earth looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Because we can use LIDAR and look through the surface, and we can use, you know, sonar and look underneath the surface, but we've only been so far down, and, like, compared to the actual thickness of the crust, it's, like, literally, like, from, from like, the tabletop to here, it's, like, that deep. Yeah. Like, lighter's deep. Yeah, You yeah. know? Like, we barely even fucking dented the surface. And and the, 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 the asteroid that hit the Yucatan Peninsula, you know, 650 million years ago and killed the dinosaurs, like... That shit went three miles into the surface. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's a long ways down. And so, to think even, you know, lower than that, three miles, five miles, ten miles, you know, 24 miles down, it could be hollow as shit. And inside that, this is what Mike was talking about, inside that, there could be, like, some kind of fucking mechanical supercomputer, okay? Mm-hmm. Because before, this is how Mike was explaining it to me, before we understood, um, before we understood... Um, fucking physics the way we do now quantum mm-hmm. physics how you can send electrodes to places and even those electrodes will wildly jump in between two circuits they'll still do what you want most of the time mm-hmm. before that computers were controlled 
mechanically. You use m mechanical circulations and mechanical things to make computers think and, you know, do the things you needed them to do. Mm -hmm. So, technically, the inside of the Earth and all its motion with the core spinning and then the mantle moving and everything, that could be enough mechanical power that big to power something like mm -hmm. a sandbox mode. So, you ever use a sandbox mode on a PC? Mm. It's basically where you open up. It's called the sandbox, yeah. and you open it up, and it's your PC, okay? And so if you download a video, and it's, like, filled with porn, but that porn's like a Trojan virus and will fuck all your files up, mm -hmm. you can take that porn folder and move it into the sandbox, and it'll do everything it's literally going to do, like all, but the viruses will come out of it. And, and basically, you're running that file full of viruses on your computer, but it's all fake and simulated with inside the sandbox. Oh, gotcha. So he, we were talking about if there was enough mechanical power, mm -hmm. mechanical physics within the Earth, then guaranteed it could run a sandbox on the outside. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just a theory. Well, but I mean, there's the theories, too, that there, there are giant machines under the Earth, and that's where the race of, like... Like, go like goblins for for lack of a better term like were left there who were like controlling it and then they were just left there or like automatons and all that there's there's all kinds of this stuff well like the titans right? yeah from ancient greek mythology yeah. and and yeah and and speaking of goblins but but know, according to david ike um the moon the moon is the ship that is also um reflecting the beam that shot down to Earth for the simulation. It's all coming from space, brother. Space. And we're just a projection. Yeah. And the Draconians are just running the show, and then they're down here also, uh, you know, eating babies as the uh, British royal family. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I dug that the other night. <laughs> That's what's wrong with all those motherfuckers. That's why it didn't work here, because this is the one spot where they can't touch. This is the gateway. <laughs> You know, this it is, it is. And if you look at like everything that all like the the magic dudes have used, like all the energies and the powers over the over the world, like, mm -hmm. and you you collaborated all into a place, you would want to use a place that probably has the most energy in the world, which would probably be a region that has been the oldest in the world, with one of the first spikes of energy, which would be the creation of mountains, which could be the Appalachian Mountain Range, which could point you right here. Mm -hmm. You know, this could be the gateway through the fucking veil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Could be. Like, it all makes sense. Like, like you, you meet interdimensional beings like Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. you, you're a big Sasquatch fan, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and like, or like goblins or werewolves and shit. Like, all mm -hmm. those things. Like, sci-fi always stems from something, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's imagination, but imagination normally is, you know, you know, fucking penny-picked from other things that are real. Mm -hmm. And so, it kind of like dragons. Dra like, all across the world, there's all kinds of painting of dragons and shit on walls that were done, that are carbon dated to be done around the same time, but those regions weren't in connection with each other that we know of, mm -hmm. okay? We can go into the whole theory of, like, advanced Asian, ancient civilizations, Graham Hancock and all that shit, but that's a whole other podcast, so I don't mm -hmm. want to do that. But still, like, all these things stem from something, so, I mean, if you have a gateway or some sort, sort of gateways... And it uses high energy to open these gateways. I feel like places like, you know, here and, you know, other places in the world, mm -hmm. you find these gateways and you see shit like that. So, yeah. like, I'm with you. Like, I want to see it all. Feed it to me. 
I wish they would. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Dude, I'm like, big... I'm, I'm, a, like, I'm, a, I'm, like, I'm a repulsive magnet for it because I just want it so much that it's just pushed I away. I pushed away. It. I don't get it. Don't See, get it. and me, I'm more like, like, I'm into it and I fully believe it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like a super, like, like a super realist kind of. Yeah. Like I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta, you know, work hard, pay my bills, and make sure everything's fine and dandy. And but at the same times, I'm like an outdoorsman. I'm super connected to nature, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm really, I can like vibe frequencies really well when I'm out in places and like the woods and from people. Like I can read energies like really good. I've always been like that. That's why I'm kind of like an entertainer. Like I, like most of my friends and stuff, you know. I, they always want you know get together let's do it Josh's fuck it you know because I always like to be the person where it's done and the entertainer and stuff it's mm-hmm. just, I am because I can read f- frequencies and shit and energy you yeah. know and I feed off that energy too a lot I, like like negative energy like if I like it takes like one thing to just send me down a bad fucking day you know yeah and, and I try not to let it get the best of me but it <laughs> it's like instant you know like I can't help it. It's, I'm so sensitive to the energies, but, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I try to say no to it all, but, mm-hmm. but it it finds me and it seeks me out. So I'm I'm complete opposite of that. Yeah, it's like you're seeking for it, and looking for it. And I'm like, eh, I just want to go fucking hunting. And it's like, hey, look at that alien spaceship. Oh fuck, yeah. there's a goblin over there behind that tree. You see that shit? Mm. <laughs> Eat this mushroom. I'll show you a gateway to hell. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> I, could probably, I could probably get that one going. <laughs> We should. We should go get that one going. <laughs> Look, man, I, I'm, I dig it. I dig what you do, dude. Dude, I, I think it's cool. I think, I think having a fucking, I think expressing yourself in like whatever fucking way you can sexually. Awesome. Yes, sexually. Even that way. Yes. I'll, me and Mike will pull out the sex swing later. We'll get funky. Mm-hmm. I saw it the last time. Uh, yeah, you gotta keep that jacket on though. All the all the recordings gone from the last time, man. <laughs> I know we had to delete it. There Everybody, was like everybody's missing all, missing so much, man. So much stuff that the government would want to listen to. Oh, I know. Just gone. And the feds are in town right now. Yeah, I seen them the other night in the Kmart parking. You lot. know why they're here? Huh? Massage parlor. Massage parlor. Oh shit. Yeah. Where at? Uh, I can't get into it on this. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me when we're all there. <laughs> I'm going to take Mike down there. <laughs> I thought it had to do... <laughs> I thought it had to do with the Wally shit. I thought they were still here because of that, that constable. Oh, yeah, we yeah. was talking about that. They, they got, they're especially looking at Lemon Juice McGee, like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Ah, they're welcome to it. Like, hey, they come to the shop, spend some of that sweet money, some federal money. <laughs> I think they should. They should. They, fucking should. they should. Everybody should. You got a dope ass Luke Skywalker with Yoda on his back and a Han Solo right beside him. It's like fucking twenty two inches tall. Yeah, that shit's cool. I should go come by that. You should. You should come by it. I want it. But I'm scared <laughs> what you're gonna say. The prices on it. Even though we're like, it's fair. You know, it's fair. <laughs> Yeah, but is it like, hey, come eat at my house and I'll give you this? Or is it like, hey, man, we're cool, but $600? Oh, it's not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> I don't know. That Vader was... I mean, it's, been, it's been great. We've had a lot of... Uh... I appreciate craftsmanship. That's right. That's right. Craftsmanship. <laughs> you know, uh, the the benefit is, you know, Pulaski County, Somerset, you know, and, and all, really all the surrounding counties have been really supportive of, of the shop. Uh, 
since we since we opened and since we you know kind of reopened where we had to close for COVID and like um, this holiday season has been awesome. The last few days have just been killer because people, all people, it's their first time in and they're just like, man, Walmart was out of everything. Do you have Pokemon cards? And we're like, fuck yeah, we got Pokemon cards. And they're just like, oh, you have all sorts of stuff. I was like, yeah, we have all these things. We have all these things everybody else is out of because we carry all of it. Like, just come here. So a lot of, a lot of people come in for their first time, picking up presents, you Honestly, know, plan on coming back, you know, so it's good. I, I agree. I think everybody should go in. Like, like yesterday, mm-hmm. I feel bad. That was your that was your first time being. It in. was my first time being in. Yeah, yeah. I walked in, dude was like, "Hey, you got a mask?" It's like, "Yes, I do." Let me go grab it. <laughs> like, put my mask on, come back in. Like, it literally, I felt like I was in the spot I was supposed to be in. And honestly, to, honest to God, with you, like, if I was in fucking school, I'd be riding my bicycle to your shop every afternoon after school. Like, yeah. like if I didn't have like family and priorities and <laughs> shit to come home to, and I was still like, you know, fifteen years old mm-hmm. and living in La La Land. Like your place would be my place to go. Yeah, and and, cool. and I th- I think it might turn into that anyways. To be honest, cause yeah, it's a great spot. I'm just gonna come fuck it up on that fucking yeah, retro man. system you got there. Yeah, we, we you literally have like six, like four or five TVs, right? Mm-hmm. With these like you got pies, raspberry pies. Yeah, yeah. And they got emulators on them. Yeah, there's like six thousand eight hundred games on them. Yeah, that yeah. is fucking nuts. And then we've got the stand up WWF Superstars game, and we've always got. Stuff playing on the TV next to the bar, and you know, yeah, yeah, man, it's a fucking joint all the time, Literally. dude. Literally, it's, the time. it's a lot of fun. Like, yeah, well, I mean, whenever we decided to to, to build it, you know, and, and me and Jim and Jeremy, it was like one of those where we were, you know, it had to be a place that, like, if we was gonna, if I was especially if I was gonna not do wrestling, like, yeah. and, and spend my time there, and then have to start paying rent on a place and play employee employees and all this stuff that we were gonna do, like, it had to be worth the time to have it. I didn't want to. We we, we went from the get go. We weren't going to have a regular. We weren't going to have a regular retail store. So initially, our first spot we were looking at was next to Jarfly on the square right there. Oh, that would have at been the Goldberg awesome. Furniture up front where that restaurant was. It it's closed. kind of a smaller space. It's a smaller got, space, though. but at the time, like we hadn't fully fleshed it out. And we were like, this place would be awesome because it's on the square and it's on the corner and it's got the big windows. Yeah. Um, but it was just a hassle trying to get it. It's probably and more so, expensive right there on the square too. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, our place is pretty huge, so it, it's probably it's, compa- it's comparable. You're paying the square, but um, spot. you know, a- after after we got it together, it, I- I'm much happier with. I, well, I would like to have been downtown just to have like a spot in downtown Somerset because yeah. I, I do like that the, the things they're trying to do in downtown for the most part. Um, but I don't want to get into this thing because there's things I don't like about it. Yeah. But <laughs> most of the stuff I like about it. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm. We're on 27, which, I mean, granted, immediately from a business standpoint, that's smarter. But I'm not always about just, like, how much money can I make? I also want, like, specific, like, I want to serve a certain group of people. I want to have the coolest spot. I want to do all this stuff. So we're on 27, and I'm glad we're there. I would have loved to have been downtown, but the spot we have, and as huge as it is, it's like, it's it's a perfect spot. Yeah, it's a perfect spot. It. So, I dig it. Yeah. You, literally, I've passed there. Like, every time I pass there, I look over at it, I'm like... Oh, why does that look like a fucking circus tent? You know, it was designed that way. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I, I look at it, I'm like, huh, looks like a circus tent. And then, and then, like literally every fucking time, your yeah. your parking lot's basically like always got more than like six cars. In. Oh yeah, man, it's always busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and then I walk in, and I'm like, oh, I get it. I get why everybody comes back every day. This is where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, it's a cool spot. And like, yeah, the the stripes. Uh, we talked about we decided to do the stripes on the outside of the building. Uh, it took us a while. We found a painting crew to do it. Uh, they did a great job, but uh, <laughs> there was a lot of math involved, and I think by the time it was over, they weren't. They, they were of the mind of don't tell people we did it, 
because they didn't want to have to do it again for somebody oh, because it. it was so much work. But it. it looks like a million bucks. It does. I like and it. And it didn't cost a million. It cost a lot. It cost a million dollars. So that was good. You just called me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then, um, you know, all of our signage uh, went up. We, we've, the, um, oh no, I forgot their name. I was going to plug them and I forgot their name. The oh, sign place over near Kmart. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I is know it, who you're talking about too. Um, is it dynamic? I don't know, but literally, like, oh. if you're passing Kmart going towards they, Subway, they, they wrap, they wrap vehicles, all that stuff. Ah, I'm doing them a disservice by not knowing. But anyway, <laughs> um, they built us the biggest lighted sign they've ever built, the one that says comics on the side. Yeah. Which, uh, it, we had storms and stuff. It got busted. It, it came, it came loose. It, it busted. So they're fixing the front acrylic right now. It's why it's got kind of a, uh, it lights up, but it's got basically like a um, a vinyl banner over the front right now. But that's just why they're getting the acrylic in, which is hard to apparently get right now. We've got the huge sign above. They did all that signage for us. It worked out great. Um, we did as much of the work ourselves as we could. So Jim and I, we we uh, you know pulled up all the old shitty carpet from the bar that was there before, mm. and uh, we wait they had carpet in that bar. Yeah, like real short, like it just just. Piss and beer covered carpet. Oh, yes. I get it like Super fucking gross. Finley's Fun Center carpet. Yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> they had the, the low drop ceiling through the whole place. So once we found out that where it used to be a Chevy garage, it has the high metal ceilings with the this kind of the, the, the fiberglass skylights. We tore all that out of the floor area, the sales area. So that took more time. And then, uh, of course, uh, all the walls, I painted all those big-ass blue walls. I painted all those. Um, I fucking hate painting. We paid a dude to lay the floor because I just I – just, yeah, that was one of those things where it's like somebody's got to do this because <laughs> it, it's it's so big. If if it's off one one little bit, then it's just crooked yep. forever. So we had a great yes, we, had a, we had a great dude come up from uh, Jamestown. He laid the floor for us, and like um, it's been great. Everybody that's helped us out with stuff has always has done a really good job for us. Our electrician did a great job on really short notice because the state was in us like inspecting us hard, and so he came in and like fixed everything up, made it good because the wiring in there was old as shit. Cause it'd been around since the fifties. Cause it was a Chevy garage back in the fifties. Uh, it apparently was a karate place at one point. It was a furniture place at one point, a church somewhere down the line. It was part of that. It whole, was, uh, it was a bar at one time. It was yeah. all kinds of stuff. Well, it's right past like the roses center, which was like yeah. shit back in there. Yeah. So yeah. there, it's been a lot of stuff. So, um, naturally it's had a lot of weird wiring and old wiring and just, so that's all been fixed up. Um, but it's great right now, man. And we're constantly improving on the place, and we're constantly finding new ways to like engage people and get stuff going. And uh, it's it's good. We do the we do the Facebook live sales um, most weeks. We do them um, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like five nights a week, like Sunday through Thursday. Usually, we're doing live sales every night. We, there's I think there's one going currently. Why we're live right now? Oh, really? Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, you know, we're constantly got those going. We've got um, customers from all over the country, which is fantastic because, like, especially whenever we were shut down, like, it helped us. We were still moving comics online and locally with the local curbside pickup, and it helped us be able to keep the place going and keep stuff coming in. Uh, so whenever we're able to reopen, we're able to keep all our staff and have everything, you know, we didn't have to, you know, lay anybody off or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it's a thing we're constantly working on. We always want to have good customer service keep people happy uh doesn't always happen because some people are just dickheads that's just life that's part of retail that's part of any business some people i don't care if they shop with us that's just the hard truth of reality baby um but we've got so many good people for every every person for every few that are bad we have so many fantastic customers that 
you know, it, we're just so thankful for all the time, and it's been so good for us. And they followed us from other comic stores we've had and worked at, and, like, some of them are just loyal. Everywhere we've been, they've been at. So now that we're at this home base, like, they're there. You know, we make sure they're taken care of. And, uh, man, it's great. Um, I love it. We, we launched the website uh, a few months ago, uh, the lemonjuicecomics.com, to where a lot of people can order. It's mostly just, like, um, variant and exclusive comics and stuff like that. And does great you know we ship out of that all the time um we've got a private subscriber group on facebook that if you if you have uh comics put back for you each time you're you get you can uh basically ask to be in you know to be accepted into our subscriber group on facebook and then it's just a page for people who are subscribers so we hook them up with special deals and private sales and like oh here's some new stuff we're not going to show anybody yet you can get it for this special price and you know, we try to make sure that people who are with us and who customers who are really with us, like we, we get them hooked up as you, much as we dude, can. I'm with you. Now. So I love good. it. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, it's a dope ass spot. Thanks, man. Like seriously, it's it's like like if you could have took the coolest fucking arcade in the world mm-hmm. and like which we're mashed, working on, we're working on getting that part going soon. Too. I know, I heard that, <laughs> and mashed it with the fucking dopest comic shop in town, mm-hmm. and like kicked yourself back to the fucking you know, childhood rim of it, throwing some beer. Yeah. Fucking, it's the, it's the spot. Yeah, man, it's good. We, we, I'm going to come in lit from now on. It's hey, just like, I like it. What up, dude? Send me something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we've got some good staff, man. They'll, they'll put you on some good stuff. We, we've They're been, nice, dude. We, we've been really lucky about, like, and uh, uh, a couple of them been there since we've opened, and then most of the others have been there, like, second round of hirings because generally people ask all the time if we're hiring of course because it's a cool spot but and we're always like you know whenever we do we put it up on facebook we put the app on facebook you fill it out we call i I try to talk to everybody that applies you know and and it's it's went it's went really well we've got some really good uh really good staff and um yeah, everybody's you know, super nice to me, man. It, it's it's going it's going really good. Plus, I got the handed tour by Lemon Juice hey, McGee. There you go. I got to hook everybody up when you I can. Like, buy this baby Yoda. Yeah. Buy that. Well, I mean, you that's grab this. That's how, that's <laughs> like, how, that's how that I works. Have like forty bucks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you left with something cool. I did. I got so, the coolest shit in the world. There you go. So. I love that carbonite Stormtrooper. It's good. That's it's a good probably, figure. Like out of everything you had there, mm-hmm. like that Yoda was cool as shit, mm-hmm. and like the Luke Skywalker and stuff. But I, I just seen that carbonite Stormtrooper. I was like. Huh. Never seen that before. Yeah, I mean, it's shiny. I want that. You can't go wrong with shiny. Apparently, stuff. I guess it's got graphite co- coated painting on it. Oh yeah, which is super cool because graphite painting is used for props and models in uh, the movie making business, like ILM Industrial Light Magic. Oh nice. Like when they were making uh, all, this, like working on the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. and doing shit like that, they would use the graphite powdered paint and shit oh, to yeah. give texture and detail to metal. Parts. So that's like what really got me about it. I read it had graphite paint. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> like that took a, a little bit of time because you have to hand apply that shit. Like, oh, you yeah. Applicate that stuff by hand. So I was like, that's pretty cool because some, you know, poor Mexican children down the line from Hasbro was just like, I had to paint this, sir. <laughs> that is true. You know? That is probably how that goes. That makes me feel like I gave him a Felice Davidad. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I do. I enjoyed the shit of it, man. I'm coming back every day. You're going to get tired of seeing my face. Thanks, man. We dig it. Yeah. Lemon Juice McGee's Comic Cavalcade. Yep. Facebook, Instagram. Of course, we've got the LemonJuiceComics.com website. And uh, and when you come in the store, we try to make sure that, like, we have a lot of people who come out of, out of state to come to the store because they watch the live sales and stuff. And so, like, I try to... 
we, we've had a really good job too of like finding local designers to design different logos of the store, you know, for the store's logo, like the eighties design you like so much on yes. the sticker. Yeah. Like, like that. Tyler Sanchez, she's, she's a local. Um, she designed that logo for us and, uh, uh the Jim, the juice, uh, like Japanese chibi logo we've got. She did those. Um, I'm good for now. And, um, you know, we, we try to we try to farm out all that stuff as locally as we can, as long as you know people are down to do the weird things we're asking for. Because we we have we have you know sweatshirts, t-shirts, stickers, koozies, sunglasses, the whole nine yards. Yeah. If I can put our name on something, someone will buy it. I will do that all day long because you, you know just helpful advertisement is great. I get it. But a lot of people want that want that name on their stuff, so it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I like it. I like all all the shit you did. And you said uh, what's her name, Tyler? Yeah, uh, Tyler Sanchez. Yeah, Tyler Sanchez. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, she she's great, man. She's uh, she's got a, a background in graphic design, and she she's done a lot of stuff for us. So I probably need to get a hold of her soon to do something else. She did our she did our, our death metal logo design. She did. The, oh, that was a limb hitting. Oh, the studio. The wind is pretty wild out there yeah. right now. When I on the drive over, it, it's uh, it's coming down pretty hard. Now, I mean, that could have been a limb. You you are <laughs> assuming that was a I'm limb. I'm assuming we didn't just get lifted by the fucking UFOs. Yeah. You're you're assuming that someone wasn't on the roof listening and they just slid slid from slid from the. I gotta go put on the suit. I'll be right. There you go. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows what it could be? Look, I already get to play Santa Claus. I don't need that fucking suit. Mm -hmm. I got two kids. This is the coolest thing in the world, really. It's like you always like when you're little, you're like, oh, Santa Claus, is he fucking real? You know, like catch his ass. You know, like going into my chimney. Yeah. And then like you grow up and you have kids and you're like. Oh shit! I'm Santa Claus now. My yeah. cookies are for me. <laughs> <laughs> like Dad gets one night of the yeah. year to just be a complete fat ass mm-hmm. and put gifts out. It's cool as shit. My son, my son just fully uh, uh, gave up the ghost on Santa last year. Oh, He's really? twelve, so he went a while. He went a while. That is pretty far. He I went think a while. I went to like nine. Yeah, yeah. but but he. Uh, I mean, I think he was like. It was that, ah, oh, he's not real, but there was that part of like, well, maybe this present came from him, you know? But now it's now it's fully like, nah, it's it's cool. So Yeah, I but, get it. Yeah. Fuck, I'm going to have to go out and check for leaks now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Santa Claus done fell through my fucking roof. Look. It is. <laughs> I, when I put this thing together, I was like, man, I feel like it's being held up with twigs. Even though I'm a pretty good framer, mm-hmm. I'm like, you can ask all my friends, like, when it comes to building, I'm the one they call. Yeah. But, like, at the same... I always... I'm the worst to judge my work. Like, I always try to do it... Well, I always do it the right way. Because, mm-hmm. to me, when you're building something, there's only one way to do it. And it's the exact right way it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. If it's not like that, then the structural integrity of it has already been compromised from the get-go. So, I don't half-ass anything when it comes to building. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but when I put this together, I was just like I did it over such a long period of time, and 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 like with such a limited amount of funds, and I literally built this like uh, April of 2019. I bought two 16 foot skids from the Amish mm-hmm. down in Case County. Yeah, I brought them home and I laid them in the dirt, and come uh, like June, I bought my two by sixes to frame my floor joists and shit. And they're all treated, and I went at it, and I built it over like a year and a half, just you know, paycheck to paycheck, from the ground up, and uh, 
And I always feel like it's going to tip over when the wind blows too far. <laughs> you know? But everybody's like, dude, you couldn't run it over with a fucking train. Yeah, it's I feel so like it's pretty, it's pretty sturdy. I know, but sturdy. to me, it's just like, whoa, be careful where you step. You're going to fall through the floor. <laughs> I don't know. It's a cool joint, though, I guess. I'm still working on it. It's just like getting my lazy ass out of you know, bed on Saturday to do it. It's just kind of the hardest part. You know what yeah. I'm it, I got it to where it works and functions now, so. Hey, man, it works. You're yeah. able to record all your stuff. Okay. It's not wet in here right now. No, so. not now, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in 20 minutes. Hey, dude, yeah, this was fucking awesome. Yeah. I love your fucking jacket. Second time out. Yeah. I feel like the first time, you're you're missing the more formal interview the last time. It, it's true. Yeah. 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 It, it's But all, it's, it's hard to do that a second time because you've heard those. It's not, it's not, it's not genuine. You've heard those stories. Yeah. Which which is fine because I'm I'm literally just in for the conversation. Honestly, yeah. like the point of my podcast was like I think I told you this. It's just like hey, there's some strange weird shit going on mm-hmm. with some really interesting people yeah. in like the place that I call home, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna leave. Fuck yeah. it. There's I can go to California, sure, and be a movie fucking star, direct films, or I can go. Is that to is that why you could you're gonna go to be California a, be a movie star? No. Is that your that's your you're just like I can just do that drop of a hat like oh, yeah. I'm good fuck it's it. fine you put your mind to something you can fuck hop on it. that casting couch brother and that's you right. get, you know. <laughs> I don't like that couch, bro. <laughs> now you need to take the jacket off <laughs> you're starting to feel like a different kind of manager lemon juice McGee <laughs> alright well before we go uh, that's what I want from you what's that uh, I want a weird secret story that I've not heard yet okay uh, so you probably heard my goblin story, haven't you? I think I've heard the goblin. Is it on Penny Royal? Yeah, but I've heard it. like a section because Nathan had to put so much in there. All right, well, tell me, tell me, tell me, and your listeners the good goblin story. But they didn't hurt that. So. They've done hurt it. Yeah. What episode is that? Uh, well, it's literally the video before this one. I did like what was it like an hour? Is this me talking in a camera? No shit. The experience. Oh, yeah. well, hell. Okay, it's well, called, I'll watch that later then. Okay, yeah. Tell me a different story. It's called Shop of Goblins. All right, let's see. Fucking weird shit. Um. Well, when my brother was little, mm-hmm. I lived in this house at on Rainy Road in Shopville. Okay. And it was like a fucking mansion to me. It had a pool, a pool house. Mike remembers it. He used to come over there and play video games. It's huge. <laughs> it had a, literally a balcony that went over the kitchen and the living room, like all the way through the fucking house. This it's was big, in Shopville? A-frame house, yeah, in Shopville. Okay. And it had a huge two-car garage. You could literally fit, like, four fucking vehicles in it. Then it had a garage below it that you could fit, like, eight vehicles in. Then it had a garage up the hill by the barn where you could fit, like, two more vehicles in it. Like, it was a big property. It had a huge, you know, dive, you know, slide on the pool and everything. Yeah. It had two bedrooms downstairs and a bathroom, plus the living room, and then the front living room, and then the kitchen, and the front den. Does this place still exist in Shopville? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And okay. the guy's actually expanded on it. He paints big rigs in there. Oh. Yeah. Dang. He fucking <laughs> moved. From like Indiana or Illinois, when bought my dad and my stepmom out. So, oh, yeah. And anyways, my dad paid like three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was a mansion. But uh, the guy that lived there before his name was Lewis Sears. Okay. Uh, name dropping because I don't even know if he's still alive or not. Uh, Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> Lewis, if you're alive, <laughs> you see this high. <laughs> anyways, we moved in. It was all pink and purple fucking carpets, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds cool. Like straight fucking out of the 80s. Like, yeah. legitimate. Like, wallpaper, pink, purple, lavender. Yeah. Those kinds of colors. Carpet. He was um, just doing coke everywhere in that place. everywhere. Yeah. He literally had an office, which actually became my room, because it was really cool, because, like, the whole fucking one wall was just bookshelves, so I got oh, to put nice. everything on there. It was really cool. Um, 
Anyways, uh, so me and my dad remodeled it, and this is like, I think I was, let's see it, um, I was 13 at the time, 12, mm-hmm. 12 13. That's when I first started, you know, helping my dad remodel homes and learning the trade. And uh, anyways, me and my dad remodeled it and my little help from my cousin. And, and we when we got to the kitchen, we was redoing the banister and stuff in the balcony. We had like a bunch of charred wood and shit. It turns out the house had caught on fire before and like people died in it. And Oh, shit. Yeah. And... I used to, my bedroom was like behind the fireplace. It had this huge stone fireplace that went all the way up the wall, you know, up mm-hmm. into the A-frame ceiling, exposed beam and all that. It was really fucking cool. Huge fireplace. My room was behind it, so it was always fucking freezing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I literally had to have a space heater on all the time in the wintertime because I would freeze if not. And uh, out in front of my house was this long field up to the road. Like it's, uh, We had, like... 13.7 acres and the majority of the acreage was in front of the house to the road mm-hmm. so like when I got off school bus I had to walk like basically a mile to my fucking house yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless my dad was down there to pick me up you know or I parked my dirt bike down there in the morning or something anyways um uh I used to have these dreams of like fucking like hordes of like these dog things like running through the fog up to the house and like I would be like what no electricity in the house, but I would have like glow sticks and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 stuff. And and I was always like fighting these dogs off from my bedroom window. Okay. Or I'd have these dreams of like these fucking like alien reptilian creatures crawling off the rock behind the house, and like they'd slunk into the pool, and I'd walk out, and it, I would have this. It was like a reoccurring dream. It happened a lot. Yeah. And and I would slunk out, and like. There would be, like, mist and fog, like, but it was kind of illuminating, you know, like like something from a Stephen King movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, these fucking alien creatures, like, whoosh, pop out of the fucking pool and, like, try to grab me and shit. And I had to fight them. But in a dream, when you want to punch, you could, it's literally like, you're like, yeah. you know, that's how it always is for some reason. I always had these weird fucking dreams. I was always getting, like, murdered or attacked in this house. Mm-hmm. And when I would get up to go to the kitchen, I would walk past the this like doorway that went to the two the double front door at the front of the house and it was always real dark up there and like I always like hair stood up on my neck when I walked past because I always felt like some like some big black thing was like like a big black figure was standing there Mm -hmm. and and, like looking at me and uh, so I'd always kind of like hunch up and stuff and then one night I was like standing there in the kitchen at the bar like eating some Cheetos and like the other side of that front living room, like it went around like this, and the staircase to upstairs was right here, and there was like the dining room here, and then it went back into the kitchen here. And in that area where the computer sat, there was like this dude, like like Slenderman style, like seven foot, eight foot tall, like black as night. It's like shadow, a big shadow figure. Just standing there, bro. Mm-hmm. And it fucking, it like got me senseless. That's how, like it was prominent too, because like oh, it yeah. was dark. But that was even darker and, like, really detailed. Mm-hmm. And so that happened. And then my brother used to, like, talk to, like, like he was playing with a little kid upstairs. And, like, my little, my little brother lived, and he's 10 years younger than me. So yeah, yeah. me being 13 at the time, he's, like, 3, 4. Uh, he used to talk to this little boy or whatever uh, in his room, which was upstairs, all the way at the back end of the house, over top of the garage, like, by himself. Mm-hmm. And, and he would talk to like kids he was playing with there was nobody ever fucking over bro yeah weird yeah. shit weird shit 
Nice. I don't think everybody anybody's ever heard that story besides hey, like my dad. So, I like it. It's yeah. exclusive. Yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> it, like I said, it always searches me out. I never go looking for it. <laughs> Look, hey man, cheers to you. Thanks for coming on. I hope more people come in your store because it's a fucking joint. That's yeah, for sure. me too. We gotta pay people and keep the lights on and shit. So yeah. like, let's just get them rolling in. I'm down. I need that whole <laughs> Spider-Man series and like. I want that whole Dark Series collection of the figures. Yeah. I do. But it's going to take me like, you know, two weeks at a time to get Hey, man, so we'll be around. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, unless you get hit by like an asteroid or abducted by aliens. I mean, let's know. hope not. I mean, well, I guess the aliens maybe. The asteroid. It's not. I'm fine with not getting hit with the asteroids. Fine. I just want to do that. <laughs> it's not the end of 2020 yet. We still that, got some time. That is true. There's plenty of time for some fucked up stuff to yeah. go down. Like, I and, think uh, one more big thing's going to happen. Well, I like think the, the fun thing, too, days. is where people think that, like, when it turns 2021, everything's going back to normal. It's like, it's exactly. No, it's, it's just going to constantly keep going. No. This dude. is just the kickoff. No. no, it's like New Year's. You're like, <laughs> And it's going to be like, COVID's going to disappear. Yeah. Like, they'll give us like $4,000 on STEM checks. Yeah. yeah. It's it's mutated in, in Britain already. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, our, our uh, one of our business partners, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a doctor in Arizona. And he, he told us several months ago, we were on the phone with him. And he was like, he was like, yeah, he's like, COVID. He goes, eventually, he goes, right now, he, you know, he goes, it's, you know, it's very deadly right now. It's, you know, it's very serious. He goes, eventually, you know, viruses... For them to work, it's for them to spread. He goes, for them to, they don't want to kill their host immediately. Like, that's, that's a detriment to them. He's like, so, he goes, over the next few months, chances are, he goes, it'll mutate and become a quicker spreader, but become less deadly, to where it'll become, like, a super flu that, like, will go around every year. I get you know, and, and now, when they asked something for Britain, I was like... That son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they need to stay on that fucking island, okay? They don't need to fuck. They done try to fuck with us before. They don't need to just come over here. Like, I, trust me, we'll we will screw ourselves up as much as we can. I know. We're <laughs> we don't need any. We're the fucking best. I guys. saw a picture of Gatlinburg today. There might as well not be anything going on in Gatlinburg because no masks, crowds of people. So we take care of ourselves. Damn. It's fine. I'm down. Me and my wife went like in the middle of summer. We took our our our. Uh, I think she might have been pregnant, or the baby had just been born. But we went mm-hmm. down to Ripley's Aquarium on to show my son the fish. Yeah, yeah. And um, fuck it, we walked in. Like, well, they was refusing our service without mask and shit. Then you know. Yeah. But here's the funny part: is like when you walk down that fucking main strip in Gatlinburg. Oh like, yeah, shoulder, those people shoulder, like, don't hey, you know, give shit. Ass. Like yeah. you got some redneck, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> That's just how it is. Nobody's going to let anything get in the way of a good time. That's for sure. Hey, if the myth don't kill us, (laughs) something's got to, right? I I guess. That's that's as good a catchphrase as any. You should get that on a shirt. We should should totally get it on a shirt. Get it on a shirt. And then put... uh, approved by Lemon Juice McGee and mm-hmm. sell it in your store. Hey, I, I mean, think we should, we could probably sell like a million in a week. Easily. I don't know if we could sell a million, but I, I think we could sell. Kill we could sell ten, ten. I think it's a pretty good number still, though. I'm down. <laughs> That's not bad. It's not bad. We'll mark it down. I'm just gonna say I created. It. I'm gonna steal it now. So it's, it's gone. Sorry. I made it up. Boom. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yep. Happy New Year, and remember January first. Everything's going to be over with. Everything's going to be back to normal. Back to normal. Completely fine. Fuck it. We should make out right now. That's right. What? <laughs> what? Kill it. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. <laughs>